Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of My Dog Has Fleas. I'm your host, Rihanna, and today we are going to be talking about some things like what to consider when you're getting a dog. I was talking to a friend, and she was asking me about getting a dog. And I thought, hey, after my conversation with her, I was like, this would make a really good podcast because I think there are some considerations in here that we don't often think about. And I think they are things that we should. Um, Seeing as the pandemic came along and there are a lot of dogs now that, you know, since the pandemic has kind of ended and people are back to normal, there have been a lot of returns of dogs back to the rescues and shelters and things like that. Um, And I just wanted to touch on some things that maybe people had the time before to have their dogs and now life has changed for them and they didn't consider all of the possibilities and how their lives would change. So that's what this podcast is about today. So without further ado, let's get into it. Alrighty, so let's get straight into it. Again, this is a conversation I had with a friend and I thought, you know what, other than the obvious things and obvious challenges of having a puppy or a dog, bringing a dog into your life, what are some of the things that we don't consider? But let's go through the obvious ones first. So the obvious ones are like the time commitment, the money commitment. You know, you got to make sure that you're meeting your dog's needs on every level, physical, mental, emotional, um, their health and their well-being. You know, you know, got to make sure that you got a stash of money away so that either you've got insurance or that money. So if something happens to your animal that you're able to take care of them, that sort of thing. So those are the obvious ones, right? So we know that there's a lot of time um, and training involved. We know that dogs need a lot of physical activity they need a lot of mental activity you know how do they kind of fit into our lives and then that goes into something different as well as maybe sometimes we get dogs that they don't fit into our lives maybe they're not the dogs that we thought they were going to be so there's also that but um just sticking to you know a very clean example of like we want a dog and we're saying we're going to put in all the effort and we're going to do the things that you know we should do for the animal but there's this other part of it that we didn't consider so that's what we're going to talk about right now my friend is a single mom and she's got two young ones she's always wanted a dog and she wants one for her kids and she wants her kids to grow up with them and i'm a a big believer in children growing up with dogs um or animals as a whole i just think there's just another level of compassion and responsibility that comes along just love that comes along with owning a dog so yeah so now that we've got the obvious things out of the way let's talk about the things that are not so obvious and how life changes and how our dogs fit into it. So this friend I was talking to, she's a single mom, she's got two young kids, and she wanted to explore the option of getting a dog, which I support, and I love that she's exploring it, and she's asking questions, and that, you know, she's she's making sure she's covering her bases. So some of the topics, some of the things that we talked about were an adult should be the one to oversee the actual care and make sure that whatever animal is in their care is provided with all of their needs. Um, so food, water, health care, um, you know, stimulation, all that kind of stuff that they are overseeing their children looking after these animals. And one thing that we did talk about is children walking dogs. So depending on the dog and even still, even if it's a small dog or a large dog, um, I'm not sure like... There's a certain age that I would say is a cutoff or uh, I, I think it depends on the child as well. But I would say that there's a certain level of maturity that a child needs to demonstrate before they can walk an animal by themselves. And just because, so say your dog is remarkable, that's wonderful. But say you're walking down the street and your dog is a magnet now to other dogs. They might not know how to deal with that situation. Should they meet an animal or another person walking their dog and saying, hey, that my dog is friendly and the child and the other person and their dog get kind of tangled up and, you know, something happens. So I always think I'm I'm not a fan of having children walk their dogs without the adult present. So I would like children 
to be with their parents and the dogs to be walked with an adult until they get to an age where they can read body language and they're able to communicate effectively and that they're prepared for things that might come their way. Because again, having a dog, even as an adult, you are a magnet. So I, I once had a client who was afraid of other dogs and she had a dog and I was like, whoa, that's interesting because you are now a dog magnet. Just having a dog attached to you holding a leash makes every other dog want to come up and meet your dog. There was a bit of working on the human sphere of dogs and then helping her kind of cope with other dogs coming up to hers. Uh, but yes, so let's not get too far off of this topic of what we're talking about today. So I think I've already strayed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so parents with young children, the dog is your responsibility as an adult. I'm a big believer in that. Children, there's some like precautions to take when if you are taking your dogs out for walks, you know, again, there are, you know, we live in a society where things are not that great. Um, and some people steal dogs from children. Yes, they do. They're terrible people out there. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, emergency things like we live in Brampton and there are coyotes and sometimes the coyotes like to follow the people. Do they know how to deal with this kind of situation? Excitement factor or having run-ins with other dogs and um, if things kind of go sideways what to do so those are my my safety around children walking dogs next point I want to cover is balancing your kids needs and your dogs needs so a lot of times when I'm working with families children come first obviously and then the dogs kind of follow and they kind of fall into wherever they fall into and dogs who grow up with children they are well socialized and their needs are met but I think we can do better. I know that we only have 24 hours in a day and it is hard to schedule all of the things that we need to get done and still be able to show up for our dogs and still be able to give them what they need. But I do see that there is a need for balancing kids and dogs and their needs. So I'm not gonna dive into this too much more because this is something that it's going to be specific to uh, each family, but it's just something to consider. So if you have a dog, don't just assume, well, I got the dog for my kids and my dog should be fine. No, your dog is a dog at the end of the day and your dog needs to do dog things. So um, whatever you got to do to work it out, but make sure that it's kind of happening. So the dog has its doggy time. We have our family time. The other thing is vacation and time away. This is, I think a lot of people think about this um, when they are going away that they have to find somewhere to put their dogs and they usually board or they have friends stay over and that sort of thing. So make sure that you have, if you are going to board, make sure you do your research and you are interviewing the places that you want to take your dog to, that you are visiting those places. If you are doing something through the Rover app, that you are asking a lot of questions, you are doing a meet and greet, you are looking at the house, you are asking a ton of questions to get to know this person, reading reviews, following up with references, that sort of thing. My go-to is usually to have a friend stay over at your house if you can, because having been a sitter, I know that dogs have anxiety. And it's a struggle sometimes to get them to rest, especially when the night falls and they're like, oh no, where's my owner? And they get worried. And I spent a lot of time when I was sitting dogs, laying on the couch with them and just kind of comforting them and that sort of thing. So I like to recommend that you find someone that you trust that kind of is a, like a live-in sitter at your place. So whether that be a family or a friend, that that's something that you're thinking about. Rainy day fund, that's the next thing on our list. So dogs get sick, healthcare is expensive. There are insurance providers out there that will help you out with different illnesses, emergencies, and that sort of thing. If you do not want to go the insurance route, then just make sure you're putting away some money at the end. Should something happen to your dog, you've got a little bit of funds happening. I know it's so hard to say because everyone's so strapped for cash right now. It's, it's such a hard time and it's a hard time to live. And we try to do the best that we can. 
with what we have and that's okay too but it's just something to think about I'm not saying that everyone needs to have a rainy day fund but it is something that you should consider and something that you should put away for just in case in the event that something happens that you have a little bit of money put aside for your animal now this leads me into the big one the family and friend dynamics so know this your friends your family the dynamics it might change so personally i've seen it happen i am from west indian background caribbean for those who are not sure what west indian is um, and a lot of uh, caribbean culture animals stay outside they are not welcomed in the house so when i was younger i had cats and uh that basically made my entire family my immediate entire family outsiders nobody wanted to visit us because we had cats well i had one cat a cat at a time um, and then I had a dog when I was 14 and then that was even worse because I had a dog and um, just the way that they say it with such disgust you already know where you are on the totem pole I don't think that you know there, I know there are other cultures out there that animals are probably a no-no as well or they, they have their own thoughts on how animals um, should live and where they should be kept and that's fine it's just something to think about because I know if you're going to get an animal it's probably going to be living with you in your home you're going to love them to death you're going to be treating them like they're your kids and some people are going to be like oh my god look at how she treats her dog look at how she treats her cat look at how he you know takes his dog everywhere so things are going to change for people who are not accepting of those changes that you've made to your life with your addition of your furry family member and I just want to make people aware because sometimes it, it, it does it does happen and I spent Trina was uh, 15 years old when she passed away and I think it's, I spent 15 years um, of getting people to, I conditioned people to know that when I came around that my dog also came around and they got it. Like it was like I couldn't go anywhere without her and then when she passed away and I got Amelia and Amelia is a different kind of dog and she doesn't really care for company, uh, everybody's like, so where's Amelia? Where's your dog? And it's so weird. But I spent that much of Trina's life letting people know that if I'm coming over, I'm coming over with my dog. And it, it, it did change things. You know, people didn't come to our home because we had a dog and they thought it was unclean. And some friends, you know, they weren't open to dogs. So we don't hang out with them anymore, that sort of thing. And it's it's just something to be aware of that you, you probably don't think of it. You think everybody's going to be accepting, but you know what? It really hits home and it really does um, hit hard when suddenly people that were so close to you when you get an animal and they're not welcome. It, it does really mess with you a little bit. And the other thing is to think about is like, say you got a dog because you saw your friends have a dog and they're wonderful. The dog was like, oh my goodness, I want my dog to be just like that. And I, I'm going to get a dog and we're going to all be friends. Know that sometimes your dogs don't get along and that could also mess with your friendship or your relationship whatever you happen to be in because your dogs don't they don't jive and so you might be going over alone they might be coming over alone maybe you guys don't chill out as much as you used to so those are just some things that you should consider or you should think about that one was really my main one that I wanted to talk about and the children because I've seen it where you know I've had a client who was walking their very small dog and they were followed home by some coyotes and um, thankfully this boy was very smart and he saw someone walking on the street it's a very um, tight-knit community and he saw another neighbor walking on the street and he was able to get help and so these are just some things that I I wanted to point out sometimes they're not as obvious as we think and I just want to make sure that everybody is going in knowing all of the facts all the information that they need to make a sound decision because there are a lot of dogs that are being returned for whatever reason 
and uh, some of it might be due to this. Uh, some of the COVID puppies are being returned because life before COVID has returned for some of these individuals and their dogs simply just don't fit in anymore. And I just want to make sure that when people are considering adding to their family, dogs are not disposable, animals are not disposable. We've domesticated them and it's kind of our responsibility to take care of them, especially if you've gone as far as getting one. I think you should try your best to make it work. But before you get one, to even just stop and think about some of these things and how it would affect you. All right, guys, I didn't mean to make this thing so heavy, but uh, it's just a conversation I had and I thought, hey, I need to put this out there because I see now, you know, with all of our COVID puppies and the rescues are, you know, overrun with dogs being returned, humane societies, they're turning away people. And I think it's just something that needs to be said. Alrighty, so I hope you enjoyed that little one. Until next time, take care. See you later. I forgot one. <laughs> uh, the last one is emergency help. Sometimes you're in a bind, you can't get home from work, your dog is at doggy daycare, or something has happened at home and you can't get to your dog soon enough. Who's going to help you? Do you have some trustworthy people that you can send over to help you if you're in a bind? I used to have that. I used to have that in a cousin and now I don't. And really, I've only got my husband and I have a cousin that can drop in that doesn't live too far from me and she can drop in and do some feedings and that's about it but anything else especially with Amelia something to consider is that really she doesn't cooperate with anybody else except me and uh that's just another little tidbit to add to the mix